Well, hi, and welcome to Rhode Island's Amazing Women. I'm Deb Ruggiero, host and creator of this radio show and podcast, which you can stream on all your favorite devices. Matter of fact, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, help us spread the word for Rhode Island's Amazing Women, like my guest today. Helen Anthony, you may know her as a Providence City Councilwoman, Ward 2, which is Blackstone, College Hill, Whalen. She's also an attorney. She specializes in real estate, environmental law. And Helen is also the chair of the Providence Finance Committee. She's been on the Providence Zoning Board, volunteered at Crossroads Domestic Violence Shelter and the Free Legal Clinic at Matthewson Street Church. Before moving to Providence, Helen lived in Columbia, Missouri for 10 years, where she was a councilwoman there and also a member of the city's planning and zoning commission. Helen, it is so good to see you. Thank you for being here. Oh, Deb, thank you so much for asking. I'm humbled and honored to be asked to participate in your podcast. Well, I prayed so hard for you, Helen. For those listening, Helen is an avid hiker, and she was hit by an ATV vehicle while hiking in California last summer. You were in the intensive care in California for quite some time. I mean, what an experience. What do you remember? Can you tell us what happened? Um, I I can tell you as much as I remember. So I went out to join my husband for a conference. He's a neuropathologist, and he was being inducted to the, uh, he's incoming president. And so I went out for the weekend because we were in the middle of budget in Providence. And I went for a hike uh, in the park, um, the state park. And I was in a crosswalk near the entrance booth and I was run over by a maintenance vehicle. Wow. And the gentleman was 81 years old. He was elderly and, um, yep. He, uh, I don't know what, exactly what happened, only what said, I've read what's in the report, and I think he lost control of the vehicle and just ran me over. Wow. Were there, there were no charges or anything? Not that I know of. Wow. Wow. Well, the outpouring for your recovery was just, you know, phenomenal. I mean, did you ever think you'd even come home? No. Mm. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what happened um, for about 18 days. I went underwent, you know, I broke all my ribs and I had a brain bleed and I broke a vertebrae in my back and mm. uh, was drugged for, broke my teeth, my jaw. Um, yeah, I was uh, drugged for 18 days. No idea what was happening. Wow. Not your time, girl. Miles no. to go before you sleep. <laughs> That's right. Right. I think you start realizing what's important in life when you go through something like that. You know, was that accident in your recovery? A game changer? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Because um, you just looked at things, you know, I am looking at things differently. You know, you you really realize that life is precious. It can change in an instant. And you need to do things that you love. Mm-hmm. And you have to be around the people that you love. And so very much, you know, reprioritizing my life and trying to carve out the time I need to do the things I want to do. Well, thank you for carving out some time for us. I really appreciate it. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time and so grateful, you know, for your service. And there's so much going on in the capital city, you know. Uh, Mayor Smiley proposed the Providence uh, Redevelopment Agency approved like $5.4 I think you have six new projects for over 150 affordable 
housing units in Providence. And boy, do we need that. How important is that decision? And and Helen, when we talk about affordable housing, what's considered affordable? Well, that's everybody asks that question. And, and, you know, everybody has a different definition, to be honest with you. I just, we have such a short of just take affordable out of the out of the words. Um, we have such an incredibly um, large housing deficit right now, just housing in general. And then, you know, very, very little housing for that are that is affordable. We're losing our middle class where you people, our workers have to live outside of Providence. I mean, it's just, um, it's just a shame and we are so far behind. And um, I am just thrilled that the mayor is uh, making the allocation for the mm-hmm. affordable housing. I think every single council person in Providence, that is the number one priority. Mm, I would think. Now, what about the Airbnb, the Verbo, you know, the short-term rentals? How much has that impacted over the past decade? Because it's been around now for about 12 years. How much has that impacted the housing stock? You know, I really, Deb, I not as much as like a Newport or something, something like that. I I will say I don't know that I have seen actually the numbers. I mean, we've we've been dealing with trying to restrict, um, in you know at least register the Airbnbs, um, so that people have you know know where they are and and we can monitor them as a city. But you know, I don't know how much that has impacted the. Um, availability of housing. Mm-hmm. Really sure. Mm. So how about your relationship with Mayor Smiley? You get along? <laughs> Mayor Smiley's a good man. Um, you know, he lives, he doesn't live in Ward 2. He lives right across the line in Ward 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've known the mayor for, for a while and I have a great deal of respect for him. You know, I think he is very focused on making the city the best it can be. Mm-hmm. There is no question that we have um, not paid attention to our infrastructure, um, sidewalks, streets, sewer, and stormwater. And yeah, we really right. are at a critical junction, I'll tell you that. Um, well, just- the debacle, too, with you know the Henderson Bridge. I mean, there's one thing after another, and boy, that impacts the economy so tremendously. It really does. And, um, and so I feel like we've got the, the economic piece in place, you know, mm-hmm. developing, we're trying to attract the business. Um, we're working on housing, you know, uh, we have to increase density. We're in the middle of a comprehensive plan process right now. That's one every, once every 10 years, mm-hmm. focus is going to be density, but doing it in a, you know, a way that respects the character and quality of our neighborhoods, I hope. Um, and there's just so many things going um, for our city, but I think it really is um, time to focus on the nuts and bolts. And I think that's what the uh, mayor is going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you're the chair of the Providence Finance Committee also, and you've got some some pretty big issues. I know you have spent some tr- time trying to get some uh, payments in lieu of taxes from some of the big nonprofits, the schools, the hospitals. How's that going? Well, um, that was right when I was coming back um, from my accident. And I will say that, you know, um, it's very hard. The city council, I think, felt left out of the process. I'm just going to say that. But in the mayor's defense, it certainly is his job with his team to negotiate that deal. And you can't have 15 city council people in at the table. That's Um, right. Makes no sense at all. So 
I really believe that he negotiated the best deal he could. Um, people were disappointed, um, but they can't expect our uh, our institutions, our colleges and universities to um, bail us out of our financial problems. And mm -hmm. so it's really, we're, we're in a tough spot because we have not really dealt with our our you know underfunded pension which is uh you know it really can that's be huge but yeah absolutely I'm waiting to hear from the mayor as to what he will be doing about with that, that because yeah it has to be dealt with and so it's it's a scary time Very but scary. to your point and as you say the mayor's defense you know everyone needs to pay their fair share you know and you're buying up so much property you know if you were taxed at that you know rate with that property it would be pretty big chunk of change for sure. Yeah, it would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Deborah Giro. Uh, Karen Kay is our producer. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget, subscribe and leave a positive review. And Apple podcast helps us spread the word so we can feature more of Rhode Island's amazing women, like my guest right now, attorney Helen Anthony. As you've heard, she's a Providence City Councilwoman with Ward 2, the chair of the Providence uh, Finance Committee. And before moving to Providence, Helen lived in Columbia, Missouri for 10 years. She was a councilwoman there, a member of the city's planning and zoning commission. So I guess, Helen, wherever you go, you serve, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Some people might look at that and say, hmm, that's so strange. But yes, I have. Um, that's um, I was raised that way. My dad was the head of the Democratic Town Committee for his practically his entire adult life. And he also ra ran for um, state Senate in Connecticut. And so I guess it's ingrained the mm -hmm. public service. And I have always believed that if you, too much is given, much is expected. And that, you know, if we think we have something to share that will improve our, our community, then we should. Oh, thank you. I agree. Public service is very important. And I thank you for serving as a Providence City Councilor. I think it's so important that women are at the table framing policy in local, state, federal government. And local politics is not easy. <laughs> well, you know more than most. And I <laughs> say I'm a huge admirer of yours and all the work that you've done. But you're exactly right. We need... <laughs> I'm just trying to, we, we need a lot of women leaders and, and, you know, it isn't easy for us to step up and do everything, you know, mm -hmm. expected of us still. And it just seems so, so wrong. Um, I grew up thinking that we should be able to do everything, but man, oh man, that's just not the case. And so um, I just, you know, really think that women's viewpoints are very, very important in every decision. Well, we, we hold up half the world, right? <laughs> 50%. So what compelled you to run for office, Helen? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I think it all, it started with land use, I think, in both the communities um, in Columbia, Missouri, and here. Um, you know, I just loved this, the topic, um, <laughs> the land use. And, and so I got involved with the uh, planning and zoning in both cities, and I think it just led to, oh my gosh, you know, it, it focuses you on what's going on in the city. And then you think, wow, some other things can be done. And then I had friends, you know, as soon as, soon as the seat opened, was vacated by Sam Zurier, I had friends calling and saying, are you going to do it? And I said, no, you know, but then I, you know, thought about it and I said, yeah, I, I think I have something to offer. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you went door to door campaigning to be a Providence City Councilwoman in Ward 2, what issues resonated most with your constituents? What do they care deeply about? Well, you know, in Ward 2, Blackstone Boulevard, um, you know, they really were concerned about the city's finances, um, very concerned about the quality of education or the lack of quality education in Providence. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of people um, send their children to public school. And and so that was very, very much a uh, priority um, was really those two issues. And of course, you know, land use, preserving the character and quality, historic nature and character of the East Side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those were the big topics and, and more recently climate. Yeah. Let's talk about education and the state takeover of the struggling Providence school system. What's the latest on that and how do you see that getting resolved in the near future? Mm-mm-mm. Um. Oh boy. Well, I will say I was one of three councilwomen to testify against the takeover at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the what I'm calling the offer of proof, um, and thought it was lacking, and I was very upset. Um, that you know I wasn't. I know that our schools, you know, are very were are poor. They really are overall. You know, the facilities at that point and the and the quality of education. So I knew it wasn't um, good, but I didn't think that a takeover with no, the legislation for the takeover is so vague, mm-hmm. so loose. There's really no um, guidelines, guardrails at all, any expectations, any, any you know, benchmarks that have to be achieved. And I thought that was going to be a disaster. You know, if you don't have any reporting requirements or any goals or achievements or, you know, any kind of ability to see, you know, if what is being proposed is working, then you're doomed. And so I feel that that's exactly what's happened. I think Mm -hmm. it's been really tough. And then COVID is certainly um, right. Set us back. But I think we have to I don't know what's you know, the mayor had a big uh, seminar right after he was elected to talk about education, but I haven't seen, I know he has a study committee. We too are, have a um, consultant that we're dealing with and we're watching very closely what's going on in the Senate. Sam Zurier has a study committee um, that are gonna be making some recommendations. Mm-hmm. We can't take our schools back unless we have a plan. Right. I was going to say, I know the city wants to take the school system back, but you need a strategic plan. You need to have measurable outcomes and and that's what you need to have. You know, people will demand it, I'm sure, you know, yeah. and it just wouldn't wouldn't be right. So how do we get there mm-hmm. you know, is the next step. And it just seems like no one is leading on that. Yeah. What's yet. the blueprint? Yep. The blueprint? There's so much going on in Providence. I mean, a judge's decision, you know, paved the way for the Providence City Council to start looking at some major tax breaks on 10 downtown apartment buildings, right, owned by developer uh, Buff Chase that was granted during the previous administration, though, with Mayor Alorza. Can you talk about that? Well, I can just say that, um, you know, this council had um, no, well, it's a different council, let's just say that, than the Mm -hmm. council that was in place when the deal was struck. Um, I was also on that council, and and even oh. though I wasn't on the leadership team, um, there was no, there was never any 
consent or any kind of presentation by the mayor or the, his team as to what what they were granting. And of course, that's the crux of the case. So now we say, well, that's ridiculous. We didn't even have any voice in that decision. And and you know, it's it's um, eight law is again state legislation. I think mm -hmm. it needs a lot of fine tuning. Let me tell you that because I think it's been been misused in this case particularly because it's applying to commercial space. It should only apply to residential. There's a number of issues. So it needs to be tightened and we need to send a strong message to anyone who thinks they're coming after, you know, that no, no, we we are not granting this again. Um, I was shocked, not shocked, but as an attorney, <laughs> I was surprised that the, that the judge did allow the motion to intervene, but it's been great for city council because we get to pursue this case um, unless the mayor appeals, which I think he probably will. And then we'll have to go on. Well, you certainly have a seasoned lawyer in Max Wistow. You know, he came before us on House uh, Finance Committee, you know, during my tenure for the 38 Studios debacle and secured millions of dollars in that lawsuit on behalf of the Rhode Island taxpayers. So yeah. I'm Deb Ruggiero. My guest is attorney Helen Anthony, who is also a Providence City Councilwoman, Ward 2, chair of the Providence Finance Committee. What do you think the hardest part of serving on the Providence City Council is for you, Helen? biggest challenge biggest challenge is to maintain a relationship with 15 people um so that you can come together and create good policy we we're we're often reacting to issues or you know we're not proactive enough there's certain certainly a lot of issues that need to be dealt with in the city and i think it's just sometimes very hard particularly if you only have counselors that are part-time. Right. You know, it's There is no question at all, I'm going to just say right now, this is a full-time job, Right. being a council person. And, um, you know, I, I wish that we were, you know, um, I wish it were a full-time job because that's what it needs. You need the time to not only react to the problems that are occurring, but also to be proactive in the in the important pieces of legislation that need to be need to be yeah. done. And you could argue that too for the state legislature, you know, to be in session just from January to June uh, with all of the work that happens and, and having to juggle a second job, you know, the policy decisions are just so large. What are some of the important policy issues that you hope to champion? Well, I'm, I'm beginning. So I'm very, very excited. Um, I am because we have a new council. So we yeah. had seven of 15 earned brand new council people because we wow. had for the first time. Yep. And this council is um, very energetic and, and really I'm hopeful that we can make some, you know, uh, inroads on important things like housing, education, but also I'm very, very excited about um, our uh, environment and resiliency committee because we've got a powerhouse in Sue Anderbaugh, who mm -hmm. is a woman for Ward 3. And she, we just passed finally the building energy reporting ordinance, which mm -hmm. requires, you know, um, building owners that are 25,000 or 20,000 square feet to report their energy usage. I think there's nothing more important for the whole country and the whole world than right. to deal with climate and resiliency. Mm -hmm. And so those and are the, we're going to make a lot of headway there, I think. 
Oh, yeah. And Sue's great. I've worked with her. She's such a great environmentalist. You know, she's done a lot legislatively, you know, when I was uh, at the state house. So you're very lucky to have her on the council and champion a lot um, of those issues for sure. So what about you? What about you as a private attorney? What What are some of the big cases or, or um, that you've had that, that you're so proud of as an attorney? Well, I, I mean, the, another reason I'm so focused on the environment is um, we represent a lot of uh, developers, renewable energy developers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think for me, I get very excited so I represent these developers before municipalities, except for Providence, because I'm mm-hmm. confident out there. But right. I can go to other municipalities and actually, you know, um, argue the case to have their uh, facilities and developments approved. And um, it's tough. You know, people don't like it in their backyard. You know, they believe in the concept, but they don't want it near them. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting you know, thing, but we have to um, scale our renewables. And it's always so exciting for me if I, you know, am successful in, in that permitting process, because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, you know, I've done something good. Well, for- in Rhode Island, at the end of the energy pipeline, you know, the only thing behind us is the ocean. And now you have those arguing, we don't even want to see the wind turbines oh. in the ocean, and they're going to look like little toothpicks in the ocean. You know? I mean, I, I, How I, do we meet these greenhouse gas emissions goals if we're not doing renewable, especially wind, where we have so much, you know? I could agree more. I yeah. couldn't agree more. We can't just get lip, lip service to our goals. We have to deliver on them. That's right. So who are some of your mentors? Oh, Deb. I know. Sorry, but, you know, you're such an inspirational, amazing woman here in this state. And I'm thinking, who are some of the mentors in your life? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I've had so many of them. Uh, you know, I just. Um, I know. And you hate to name one or two because then it's like, well, what about me? What about me? Oh, I know. I always say it's always good to say your mother first. Oh, <laughs> I mean, my, mom, my mom is me and my mom and my dad. Mm hmm. Good. You know, um, mom gave me the strength. Dad gave me the leadership. Great. Uh, so, you know, I'll always be ever grateful. My, I have an incredible family unit. I have, I'm like many, many women in my family. My mom was one of four girls. I'm one of four girls. I have very strong sisters um, that stand next to me all the time and support. And then, you know, I just have to say that through my life, I've been so fortunate to have strong women friends. Mm-hmm. I belong to a book group here in Providence and and I go in and I look, oh my gosh, these women are rock stars. Right. All got their own careers. A lot of them are retired. They've all been devoting time to the community. I mean, you just, this environment in Providence in particular, I mean, everybody seems to, you know, they're all, all involved one way or the other. And I think it's really what makes us a rich rich community. Mm, You're blessed to have that kind of investment, you know? So what's next for Helen Anthony? I mean, you're a Providence City Council member, but you know, you want to run for something bigger, higher? No, you're nodding. This is radio. (laughs) No, I am. I am shaking my head, but I'll tell you, I have been approached. I'm sure. Um, Run for other offices. And I'm always so honored and humbled to think that somebody would ask, but I am a very, very strong believer and have practiced it my whole life that the local politics is where the things happen. So yeah. mm-hmm. my feeling is city council, I've never w- wanted to be more than that. Mm-hmm. And, 
and I'm not so not sure, especially after this kind of accident, you know, you start wondering, yeah. you know, I'm just not sure, but I can tell you one thing. If I choose not to sit in the seat or sit on city council, I don't want to run for anything else. Yeah. We well, make a good point. We talked about it at the very beginning of our podcast, you know, you're an avid hiker and you were hit by that ATV vehicle while hiking in California and spent so many, would you say 18 days? Oh, I was five weeks Five weeks. Yeah. So my gosh, that is a game changer in your life. And you do get a different perspective. And so I'm just so grateful that you're healthy. You look fabulous. I know it's a, a podcast and we can't see you, but I can see you. And it's just delightful. I'm so delighted that you're doing well. I thank you so much for your service and, you know, for taking the time to chat. It means a lot. Yeah. Anytime, anything for you. Wow. <laughs> You're so kind, Helen. I end each show with a quote, and this one is from Shirley Chisholm. Service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. Love that. I love that. I do too. Thank you. I'm Deborah Gerald. Thank you for listening to Rhode Island's Amazing Women. And please be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and Apple podcast if you enjoyed the show. Helps us spread the word and we can feature more amazing women here in Rhode Island. Thank you for listening. Stay well.